one. Hello again, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the AJ Roberts Show. Today, we are delighted to have Mr. Mark Horn from the Peacekeepers here in the UK. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Mark a few weeks back at the Bournemouth Community Assembly, um, a community assemblies which are growing rapidly around the country um, for quite a big reason, I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and Mark specialises in pretty much every law of the land, uh, I, I can imagine, uh, is an absolute font of knowledge. And uh, I've I've been, you know, really, really pleased to be able to have great contact with Mark. And, and he's actually helped me out personally. Uh, and he's helping out hundreds of people around the country on, on a weekly basis. Um, so I wanted to invite Mark onto the show today to talk to us all about how we stand within our own power against a lot of the injustices that are being placed upon us through um, utility companies, through bailiffs, you know, enforcement agents, like all of these, uh, all of the nonsense is now being pushed on us and all the fear that's being struck into our lives uh, to create this uh, confusion, desperation, and is literally just, you know, take, it's destroying people's lives. So I wanted to get Mark on the show today to, to basically give, give you guys some reassurance that we are the people, we have the power, uh, and that you as an individual have the right to do so at any given time. Mark, welcome to the show, my brother. Hi, lovely to be here. Absolutely brilliant. So um, let's just uh, let's just briefly talk about the peacekeepers, because obviously, yes. um, obviously going back before that, you know, you, you didn't you, you didn't start off as uh, you know, you weren't born with all this knowledge. You've done like a, mm -hmm. a massive, massive amounts of research, and we'd have had to like pull everything apart rebuild it you know one jigsaw leads to another and another and it's like next thing you know i guess it could be so confusing but um it just for me it highlights um why we none of us know our rights because it's so extensive and it takes people like yourself to really break break it all down to be able to then make it as simple as possible um and that's kind of what you've done with the peacekeepers isn't it yeah yeah no i mean uh basically a couple of points there really is I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done had it not been for people who've gone down what I would call rabbit holes or explored this before. Mm. So this is a massive work. The only thing that's different is um, uh, I've been in general management for most of my life, specializing on contracts and contract law and contract claims. But I've got the ability to extract myself out of the situation and get an overview. Uh, and that, and that's when you can start to see patterns. So it's being able to step back, look at the bigger picture, and then uh, start to uh, focus in on the simplicity. And really, Glynn's uh, stepmom, Jane Prendergast, she's the one that really helped me put all of this into the Peacekeeper Manual. Um, and uh, Glynn's got a fantastic method of... Uh, getting out and simplifying so the all the videos with Glenn they're very simplified of the process but honestly when you see it it's very very simple yeah and uh, on behalf of the wider community here on the followers on the show Glenn and Jane you're legends absolutely without them I couldn't do it and equally without all the predecessors and when I say predecessors the final piece of the puzzle actually was Chris James over with the warrior calls in Canada I couldn't understand the message he was trying to send me. I re-watched all of his stuff over a week and then woke up one night at three o'clock in the morning and it's like, click. This is what you're saying and there's another piece in the jigsaw. But essentially, it's just a j rearranging 
the knowledge that's out there already. Yeah. And it's not something people don't know. Mm. And well, yeah, exactly that. But it's just simplifying it. And um, I've yeah. been speaking a lot about you know the the mass distractions that we're all put under. You know, everything from like you know indoctrination mm. at school. Yeah. You, ne you never, you never, you never taught your rights, and you know what what you're capable of really at school is. You know, the school's there for a purpose. Um, yeah. And then it's like you go to work. You know, you pay your taxes, your yeah. bills, and all the rest of it. So you're not swatting up in any of this stuff. And it's it's when something like happens or goes wrong, you have no idea what you're doing. And then you just give in to everything that's being said to you by the police or the enforcement agent, don't you? Mm, uh, and that's what's happened. We've been kind of spoon-fed into this um, box so that when we do get bullied, we don't, we can't stand up to it. And and you've really hit an important point there, okay? I use the word bully, just, and you've coincidentally used it there. Now, by using the word bully, you're actually empowering yourself mm. from the viewpoint that, bullies we can psychologically deal with when people use the word psychopath what you're doing is disempowering yourself because we don't know how to deal with psychopaths and yes there is an extreme where they're psychopathic but the vast majority are merely bullies and mm. that's one really important way that we can empower ourselves and it's all at the end of the day a mental game mm. it's against the mind so for for me, um, not only just doing all the uh, you know the the, the pandemic nonsense, um, one of the biggest problem or one of the biggest things that's really hit me is like the the job that's been done on the elderly. Um, you know, it's absolutely criminal. And even now, you know, you see all these poor ladies and gentlemen walking down the street still with masks on, visors, gloves, and all the rest of it, just living in pure fear. Um, so if they don't they can't afford like their electricity bill for example mm. which is uh, which is rising by the day the number of people <laughs> that are bought into the fear and like they feel like, like they have to pay an electricity bill first before buying their own food yeah. um they're, they're going to end up with people knocking on their door and they have no yeah. idea how to deal with any of it and you know these enforcement agents like use that use that, those vulnerabilities yeah because you know, i've spoke to tons and I'm, i know you have like yeah. tons of people who have experienced all this and they literally prey on them, don't they? Um, so what, what started exactly off? That. They prey so what, on it. Yeah. So what started off as a twenty-five pound fine for parking turns into like five hundred quid overnight. Yeah. Made up numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, but you, the elderly you shit are. themselves, and they're just like, oh my god, I need to pay this, and they just feel that if they don't pay it, it's a crime. Well, it's not a crime. It's not exactly. I mean, the is uh, the first thing is people really need a question. Why do people have to live to pay? Do any other animals live to, uh, pay to live? Sorry, no, no. So why do we? This mm. is a cage we're creating for ourselves. We're putting ourselves into this cage. It's a belief system. Mm. But um, uh, I mean, really, uh, when you start to look at the basics of it, you'll start to see where you fit in uh, into the greater whole. So. And in one of the girls who I'm helping, she's fighting NHS in Scotland for not wearing a mask at all times. The judge turned around and said, what we, what I'm presenting is theoretical and not, uh, and philosophical. So I said, okay, under the court's own rules, bring the creator into this court to give first-hand cross-examinable witness testimony that that person can impose their will on this person. And immediately the judge shut up. Uh, that then makes itself evident that all are equal under the law 
and nobody's above the law. So using their rules is the way that we do it. So you need to go through and work through uh, the basics. And when you get that foundation, you realize that all the rest of it is utter nonsense. Mm. So the connection we have between us, okay, is through the source and we feel that in our conscience. Mm -hmm. Our conscience dictates right from wrong. It's not sort of right or it's not sort of wrong. Okay, our conscience tells us when we do something wrong and when we do something right. That's the universal interconnectivity that we all have. We are all connected. And so uh, from that, uh, equity will not suffer wrong without a remedy. So uh, that means only when we do a wrong do we have to provide remedy. We need to fix the messes that we make. Mm. Uh, and uh, am I entitled, what am I entitled to, i.e. in this reality, I am entitled to an equal share of the natural resources that everybody else is. How, how can we prove that in a court of law? Bring the creator in to say that that person is allowed to have 50,000 acres and I can't even have one house to seek shelter from the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we just start to distinguish now between uh, the rights of survival or needs of survival and wants. We need shelter from the environment, we need water, we need food, and we need air to survive. Beyond that, then, we need the freedom of speech to allow us to articulate our thoughts in an ex a comprehensible manner. Mm -hmm. And uh, so freedom, those there are the essential rights that everybody has. And uh, th the whole thing is those governing, their job is purely to ensure everybody gets an equal share of the creator's creation because this is a trust. Uh, and from that, what we've got is a group of people believe they have the right to tell the other people what to do. They don't. No one can impose their will on another. And until somebody can bring the creator into the court again to say that one person is entitled to more than the other, everybody is equally entitled. And in the common law, that's called a, a trustee de son tort, when somebody trespasses on another's trust, i.e. those governing are trespassing on the creator's trust, and therefore they're always accountable to us, the people, mm. the beneficiaries, even they, though we don't know. They've done that on a mass scale, though, haven't they, the last couple of years? You know, yeah. well, they're not even a government, are they? They're just being completely controlled by... It's no yeah, different it's... from the mafia or the school gang of yeah, thugs. Or... That's all it is, isn't it? It's a gang of bullies. Mm. Yeah. And, and when we start to understand our rights, then we can... Mm. And, and, and what we're doing is just trying to hold them to account, mm. which is no different if you're an individual or an organisation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, um, obviously one of the big topics at the minute, because, you know, the... Ex it's a very extensive topic isn't it like when you really dig into it like all the you know common law equity law etc yeah. but for the average everyday person has no idea about this but is really suffering with like getting up every day wondering how they're going to pay these extortionate um, bills. En en exactly. energy energy bills mm -hmm. which yeah. are completely fake 
Um, yeah. Like they, it's just they don't even it's not even they don't even exist. You know, I, yeah. I, I had British Gas tell me I I, I owe I owe a debt of a thousand pound. I'm like, what's it for? They're like, well, it's your estimated bill. I went, we just set yourselves an estimate. Like it's not even it's just made up numbers. Yeah. Um, so like, but people don't see that because it's all to do with like the legals and the legalese, isn't it? Like the wording and like all, all of the letters and stuff like that. Well, exactly, and the the process itself goes back to i mean what i've described basically so far that's it you don't need to know anything else you just need to understand why that's true mm. so if we're all entitled to equal um uh, equal part of the resources of the planet which we are and um, so that means the actual gas itself is free yeah i have an equal share everybody has an equal share of that gas that comes through the pipe however what we create is uh, through our labor. That's where we, uh, our thoughts be expressed and we can express that through physical labor. So what we should be paying only for is the person maintaining the pipe from where the gas, well, from finding the gas and then putting in the pipework to get it out at your house. The actual gas you should not be paying for because everybody on the planet's entitled to an equal share. Yeah. Uh, so water, what they they've got catchment areas. Uh, this we all have an equal share. We should not be paying towards mm -hmm. the the claimed ownership of property or the water yeah. which falls from the sky. How can you charge for a natural resource and like that in itself is exactly. bonkers, isn't it? Absolutely. So. But people need to realize we should be paying a man for their labor or woman for their labor. Mm -hmm. So uh, really with the utility bills, people need to start going through their accounts and strip out and stay in honor by only paying for the labor if they mm -hmm. do not have sufficient money to pay the full bill. Mm -hmm. That keeps you in honor. Yeah. Um, and essentially the council tax the obvious question is why on earth does the council believe that it can demand money from us so the way that it does it presents a claim that parliament has given us the council authority to do this so they actually have a legal right legal i associate and use in the in the way that legislation equals legal written okay that does not make it lawful lawful is about the conscience what is right and wrong mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so in the legis primary legislation itself it says it's a tax against property so fine come and collect the money from the property what's it going to do with me so obviously property they can't extort any money from therefore they say the person that's living at that property so the obvious questions is what what uh, equitable interest do the council or the government have in the property upon which they lay their claim that they can levy a tax on it and they can't prove that i.e prove my obligation and with all the correspondence we've had from all the councils, and we've been in correspondence with over 20 councils, so it's pretty much spread around the country. Not all have engaged. Mm. And it always simply boils down to, 
uh, parliament is sovereign. They are the ultimate creators of law. That automatically raises the alarm bell. Well, what about the separation of powers? If parliament's the ultimate creator of law and must be, uh, you must do what parliament says, why on earth are we wasting time with courts? We don't need courts. It's a dictatorship that we live mm. in. And then, the, uh, then you go further. Well, what actually, how does parliament derive its authority? And if you read the Bill of Rights, and this is the most important document, there's a massive rabbit hole where people are basically saying Britain does not have a written constitution. It darn well does, and it's called the Bill of Rights. That's the constituting authority of those still governing today as the successors of the people that created that document. And they are bound by it. The first sentence says, we claim our authority as representatives of the people. Now, that puts them into a principal agency relationship. We, the people, are the principal. We are the source of their power. And they do what we tell them, not what right. they... You'd like, to think, you'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah. And in the Bill of Rights, it actually says explicitly this relationship. Those parliament can do nothing to the prejudice of the people. Mm. That's principal agency law. You know, the, so, master, the slave can't tell the master what to do. So so on that, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people who are going, like, well, how have they got away with like what they've been doing the last two years to people? Um, obviously, they, they, you know, they've had complete control of the police, you know, the, the, the police, the, uh, the military, civil service, mm -hmm. education, healthcare, a top heavy of Freemasons, like we know that. Yeah. Um, so so on, on the basis of that, on the Bill of Rights, like how, how have they been get away with it is it just down to we the people have let them and on mass absolutely and again remember I, I said earlier about we can empower ourselves so through knowledge is one way we can empower ourselves and really we need to do that and through the use of words we can empower ourselves so instead of calling them a bunch of psychopathic freemason in the club whatever they're a bunch of bullies mm -hmm. and that way we don't waste any energy on if they're Freemasons or this or that mm. or the other. Um, and so governance is really simple. The archbishop claims to be God's representative on earth. And the Bill of Rights is an offer. I mean, the Coronation Oath Act is the offer of contract to the monarch to govern the people according to their respective laws and customs. That tells you they're happy to govern us according to our laws. We are the creators of the laws. Mm. So the question becomes then, where is the law created? The second promise is, a, a, again, an offer for contract, which is accepted, is this setting up of the independent judiciary. So that's the separation of powers. You've got the legislative which in the Bill of Rights, Parliament assembled creates acts of Parliament which authorise Her Majesty's government and tells Her Majesty's government what to do and what it can't do and when it must do it. So Parliament is only sovereign, the principle of Her Majesty's government. The judiciary is independent and we've been not looked at this problem. And what we've been told is you've got the legislative independent from the executive, independent from the judiciary. That, that doesn't bear up when you look at the facts. What you've got is 
the judiciary is independent. You've got those governing and you've got those governed. That's what the separation of powers is meant to be mm. doing. So then everything the monarch does is passed on or delegated through oaths, affirmations, or attestations of office. So uh, those oaths, affirmations, or attestations then, that there is the contract with the people. Primary legislation is only there and it's constrained by the Bill of Rights, that nothing can be done to the prejudice of the people. And that there actually is a common law contract between the contracting parties. The title page of the Bill of Rights tells you who that contract applies to. Is your name on there? No. Is my name on there? No. It's the monarch, Lord Spiritual, Lords Temporal, and the Commons. That's it. That's the contract. And their contract is to govern us according to our respective laws and customs. Mm. We create our laws and customs by settling dispute in the public, which is how, what common law is, or common law precedents in the courts, in the independent judiciary. So that's what common law precedence is. And the real problem is the monarch said they'll govern us according to our respective laws and customs. The laws are excellent. We've got fantastic law. But our custom has been to tolerate lying politicians, stealing politicians, getting raped and pillaged. So all that I'm suggesting is we change our customs. We hold them to account mm -hmm. to do their jobs. Yeah. Exactly that, and like we've we you know we only have to look over the last couple of years the exchanging of contracts, there's just the pure lies, the the things that they just implement in, um, even for, even things like setting up charities for Ukraine and stuff. You know what I mean? Because like, we all know where like where the money goes. <laughs> I, I I showed them my stories actually this morning. Um, I was in I was in my local town centre, and they've literally changed the shop front and put a chip and pin machine on it at the front, saying just tap here to donate to Ukraine. And it's literally like, you're just like, wow, if you can't see that, what it is, but yeah. all that money goes to all these corrupt people because they've had all their money seized, haven't they? Like, and all their yeah. assets and stuff like that, which a lot yeah. of people don't know about. Um, but again, it's it's holding these people to account. And, um, yeah. you know, 50, 50 something MPs resigned the other day, didn't they? And yeah. uh, But they're nowhere to be seen anymore. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's and, and, and people, people can't see through that. <clears throat> uh, you know, there's a lot going on, uh, and, and like you just said, with the MPs resigning, and that there is where you must take our solace. It's like, see, all the efforts that we're putting in are starting to have results. Mm -hmm. uh, in Scotland, there's... they're all connected, aren't they? If you actually look at all these MPs that actually resigned, they're, every single one of them have all got very similar things in common. They're all pushing the narrative. They're all, yeah. you know, the, the inoculations. They're all pushing Ukraine. They're all pushing all mm -hmm. the stuff, like all of them. Yeah. And, and, and uh, the thing is, and what's also come out is this, what I was saying, uh, when I started getting really seriously involved in equity and trust, I was taking 13 directors to court. And this year, people need to understand, it's, the system is good. Okay, Parliament assembled is a fiction of law. Uh, the Her Majesty's Revenue and uh, Customs courts and tribunal service is a fiction of law. And when you read the rules of the game for these fictions of law, the rules are good. And the real problem we have is officers, people, 
come into these positions and they don't follow the rules. Um, and uh, so it's not the organization itself that's corrupt. It's individuals in the organization that are corrupt. Are often and, placed there. And whether they're placed or not, if we learn the basic rules, we can start to hold them to account. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where the change is going to come. Do you think that's going to, um, uh, I can see it happening already, like, you know, that I've got, you know, obviously through contact stuff like that, but even at a local council level or county council yeah. level, um, you know, the, the people at the top are all being exposed, being corrupt. I mean, the gentleman in Bournemouth, uh, BCP, Bournemouth and Christchurch, Paul Council, was um, obviously came out that he's, he's stole like 10 or 11 million pounds, I think it was. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, and this, well, is, gonna, this is coming out all over the country. And in Liverpool, uh, Last year, the year before, the ex-mayor, he was criminally charged. Uh, and so this is because we, the people, we, the individuals, are starting to question. Uh -huh. And when you ask the right questions, they can't provide answers. Hmm. Uh, and then more and more people uh, start asking questions. Uh, and uh, honestly, it does not take massive numbers to change this. No, no, of course yeah. it doesn't. It, 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 and to be honest, like it's it's ramping up, and it and it yeah. takes a few podcasts like this, for example, to educate yeah. people and send people in the right direction to get them to yeah. just things just make start making sense when they step out of that fear bubble that we've been put yeah. into, and they start actually opening their eyes and yeah. step out step out of the mind prison of the five senses. Absolutely, it's literally um, you can actually see it for what it is, and um, I think uh, one of the big topics obviously which people are now starting to challenge not just obviously the mm. utility bills because everyone can see mm. that it's just ridiculous is the yeah. actual council tax as you mentioned yeah. so um I, I used an analogy the other day uh to my friends how like if you if you get obviously if you own your house or i, I say yeah. own your house or bank owns your house but like um if you if you have your house you're you're paying taxes on and you know an interest and everything on that already you yeah. get in your car you know as soon as you start your car you're paying tax on the fuel yeah. you're paying tax on the car and then on the road to go to the shop yeah. and then every item's got tax on it yeah. uh, you know and then it's the same on the return home and it's just like so all of that tax that you've just bought into like where does all that tax go when it comes to council tax you know it's over is it over 60 percent or something has to go towards like refuse uh, uh, services uh, and stuff I, like that. I don't know the um actual figures but the the biggest uh, negative we've had with this council tax thing is who's going to collect the rubbish? Yeah. Okay. So now that there actually tells the people the solution. Yeah. Okay. I can pick up a phone or go on the internet and I can get three or four quotes for somebody to come and pick up my rubbish. Mm -hmm. It'll be cheaper than your council tax. The council. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Another thing is really most people again don't realize council tax only is about 20 to 25 percent of the council's expenditure yeah exactly yeah uh so at the end of the day uh you know i'm quite happy to sort out my rubbish or mow the lawn and on this on the pavement and contribute mm. uh, a lot of people I, I i don't think there's anybody or very few people that would say we do not need to contribute to the greater good so mm. to speak that's how we've been led to believe though isn't it we're, we're, we're almost spoon-fed this idea that everything we do is it's for the benefit of everyone else and yeah to make you feel like you're, you're you know you're not contributing uh, yeah but the question is 
who, how can people contribute? And why must people only contribute with money? Yeah. If, if somebody has got no money and they'll kick people out of their houses, okay, and it'll cost them much more to rehouse them, it's just totally irrational. Yeah. You're leaving somebody because they've not paid the council tax. Mm. If that person's unemployed, there are other ways they can contribute to the community. Of course. Why does it have to be through cash? Yeah. But again, it's that monetary slave system we've been put into. It's, uh, exactly. Yeah. And you know, every, everything's all about money. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's so much evidence coming out about it now, isn't there, that like uh, a lot of our council tax goes to these councillors' bonuses, which is one of the reasons why they it's, kick back so hard on it all. Compared to any other bill that, you know, yeah. the, it's the council tax is the one that really kicks them hard. Well, the thing is, the council tax is probably 50% of the cost of the, the, the what you need to survive, mm. basically, in your house. And so your council tax total is probably similar to your water plus gas plus electricity. So it's like 50% of your needs of survival. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a major chunk what and, would you suggest to anybody that have, so say um someone's like you know what? i want to i want to challenge my council tax yeah is it the first step putting a freedom of information request in to see where the actual your money is spent so you've got that evidence uh essentially i'm looking at it from a more fundamental uh, view i'm just asking what makes 650 mps think they can impose their will on 67 million people that's the fundamental question. Yeah. If they my representative, they should be uh, coming back to the people that they meant to be representing and say, right, guys. Uh, so, for example, the Coronavirus Act, was that when they vote, came and had the election in 2019, did they say, oh, by the way, yeah, you know, we're going to make the Coronavirus Act and do you agree with it or don't disagree with it? No. So they should have come back to their constituents and asked us, what do we want? And this is how everything should work. If they are representatives, they are agents, they don't tell us what to do. They come and get our authorization to proceed. So every time a bill comes in, they should be coming back to us, the people, asking us, what do we want them to do? And if we say no, they must vote no. Uh, but... Uh, the whole democracy is honestly the, the biggest problem we face. Mm. Uh, democracy is no different from mob rule. Mm. So simply with the council tax, the source authority of the council's claim is the Local Government Finance Act. And in there itself, it says they must prove that we owe the money uh, to the magistrate's court. And uh, also, uh, again, everything is within their own documents. This is their stuff. It says that a debtor is somebody that, um, against whom a liability order is issued. So basically, the council is making the claim you're a debtor and taking you to court to pay your debt. Prove the debt. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's at this fundamental level. But yes, people should, because not everybody's got the same skills. Yeah, yeah. We've got accountants between us. Yeah. yeah. 
Those of you who've got accounting knowledge, take apart the accounts, see where the money's going. Mm. So um, I don't know a freedom of information request, and it worked out as like way less than 30%. It was less than 30% of my money was going on the things it should do. Yeah. Um, and there was even things like uh, MPs, MOTs that were in there. That's insane. But again, yeah. that, that gives, as only for the ladies and gentlemen uh, watching, that gives you the ammunition straight away to basically then take it to them and say, right, prove to me why I should be paying this. And I guess it's all then putting the obligation on them because we are the victim. It's in exactly. their, their role to actually prove that they're doing everything as they should be. Yeah, in essence, those governing have a fiduciary duty, i.e. a position of trust. And they cannot personally benefit from that position of trust. Mm. But because they governing and are beneficiaries of governance, they have a conflict of interest. And that's where the police should be coming in. The police should be policing the conflict of interest there. Yeah. Um, and what uh, many people don't realize, when people get into a position of power, what they do is set up multiple companies and chains of companies and companies that own companies and fr through friends and family. And then they set up a pre preferential scheme that the council or the government does business with these preferential suppliers. As soon as you see any preferential supplier, you've moved away from we are all equal under the law. That's a privilege. And I can guarantee you nine times out of 10, you will find people from the council are making money through these privileged relationships with the council. So they set it up themselves mm. and that's how they benefit. And that's why the directors are so protected here because most a huge amount of backhanders and fraud yeah. is through um, companies owned where the the person in power is a, a controlling person to make a decision to benefit a certain company where they get their mm. their benefit. Yeah, the only way we can expose this is having more people looking in. We we the many. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. And this is why, like, you know, I wanted to do podcasts like this so that people can understand this information, share it with their friends and family. Because like you said, how does 650 MPs that have all this, like, control over 67 yeah. million people? It's absolutely disgraceful, um, especially when it, it's all fear-based. That's all it is. There's no, there's not even any service in any of this. Like, there's no, there's no value given back to us. It's just all yeah. fear, 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 fear. Yeah. Um, it's, it's basically the legitimised use of force. They've disarmed the people. Yeah. And, and it, honestly, it's no different from the mafia. If you don't comply and do what they want, yeah, they're going to come in. First, they threaten you. Okay, I will fine you, or we'll do this, or we'll do that. And um, and if you don't comply, then they'll take you to court. And mm. um, and in their courts, we've I've actually got two judgments from the Crown Court where they've said that they're not courts of law. They are pen pushes and box tickers to implement the will of parliament assembly mm -hmm. obviously not with those words and we're trying to take this further into judicial review because if you're not a bloody court of law what the hell are you and why why you even need it if you're a puppet of parliament
But even at a micro level, as in the front away from Crown Court, like they often, um, like say uh, a magistrate, where you have a court summons and you you oh. go, it's just a little pokey office that nine times out of ten that someone's rented, and the person even in there acting as a judge isn't like anything of the sort. Well, um, I, I don't know. I, I know you've probably heard about what happened with uh, Morgan Council and the the court. Basically, the judge refused to give his name. The legal officer didn't support, didn't tell the judge he's meant to. Uh, and one of the guys then pulled the case law, okay, which says there's no such thing as an anonymous J, uh, justice of the peace. Yeah. And the clerk's face sort of like, you must tell them your name to the magistrate. And still the magistrate refused. And, you know, so is this a kangaroo court or whatever <laughs> thing? No, this is a, a person thinking they're above the law and they yeah. need to be held to account. Would you? Would, um, I'm just wondering, I'll, I'll probably know a few people to use that opportunity then to then send them an invoice for wasting their time. <laughs> yeah, correct. Again, you're probably familiar with the term schedule of rights. Have yeah, you heard yeah. That? Okay, you've got to rephrase this because basically what's happening is uh, everything is back to breach of peace. So if I believe I have a claim against you, okay, that's my honest belief, I will send you my claim, the bill, okay, the claim. If you don't respond to me and say, hang on, I don't believe you, or where, where's this come from, so you can do like a conditional acceptance, but if you don't respond at all, you have dishonored me and my belief. Uh, and so I'll send you a reminder. And if you still dishonor me and don't uh, respond, uh, then I'll send you a final warning. What's happened there is I've said, I honestly believe that you owe me money. These are the facts. I then send my first witness, which is the first reminder, which says you've been put with the facts and you've dishonored me. And the second, uh, the final warning or letter before action is the second witness. And that there now I can take to court as what you've actually done is you've now trespassed upon me by not paying the bill or not settling the dispute. And um, so we have to engage with at all stages. And this is what creates the evidence that we can take to court. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's so important that we learn to engage with it and understand what's actually happening uh, in law. Yeah. And so, I think it's the, the fear, uh, but just going back on that, it's the yeah. fear-based words, which is what gets people. So even... Um, Look even, at the red writing on a yeah. bailiff's letter. So, so even, a, <laughs> even, a speed, even a speeding fine, right? Yeah. Um, for example, it comes from the police, doesn't it? The speeding fines, yeah. nine times out of yeah. ten. Yeah. Um, but people on. have this fear that police are authority. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, again, it's not a cr it's not criminal, is it? It's just like you, you, ha well, you haven't criminal... you haven't harmed anybody. Correct. You haven't. They've got to prove that you've caused harm. They've got to yeah, prove all this exactly. stuff. So, so criminal is merely a definition that Parliament creates. So they they'll decide. Oh, yeah, okay, that will be a criminal matter, or this will or that. Yeah. Um. So just carry on with your fine because I'll explain how we need to start dealing with it uh, educationally yeah it's um so th this, this is sent to me earlier but just get up it's been a bit slow 
Um, and this, this is the same as like everybody will usually receive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just, yeah, so it just says, yeah, so it come from the county police, wouldn't it? Or yeah, wherever the two constable, whatever. Yeah. yeah, where it comes place. And it says at the top, notice of intended prosecution. So because it's in capital letters, straight away you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get taken to court. Yeah, um, yeah, but hang on. It just says notice of exactly. intended. Of so intended. Notice says, you know, and if you want to read it as, oh my God, mm. okay. Ah, oh, thanks for your notice of intended prosecution. Can you please forward the evidence to support your claim? Yeah, that, that, I did the same thing and I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Um, like, and yeah, and it, but I think people, because of the conditioning, People go exactly. They miss police. out the first oh part. My God. <laughs> well, they see the policing, but then they miss out the first few words, and they just see prosecution because that's yeah. what your eyes are drawn to, like the fear-based words, isn't it? Yeah. And this is the whole legal legalese thing comes in, and how yeah. they use this word trickery on you yeah. to to install the fear. Yeah, and again, basically, we can change that mm. by by like I said earlier, if we change the word psychopath, we empower ourselves by using the word bully. Yeah. Because we're losing the fear, mm. like you just said, and, and it's the same with the letters. That I'm, I, even even though I, because uh, I've done a video about having bailiffs come around my house and uh, they clap yeah. my car. Yeah. Um, I, I I went down, you know, all the correct routes. I, I spoke to the general. So the first thing I did, um, he actually he actually tried to he actually opened my front door. Um, <laughs> and, Can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and he was he was only a little lad, like proper cocky, yeah. like really arrogant. You know, he was there with his little camera on, his black combat and that, like, tr- you know, mm-hmm. flexing, trying to act too hard. And mm-hmm. then as soon as you opened the door, I was behind my door like this. Hello, mate. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, uh, and he was cool. just like, whoa. And he couldn't even look me in the eye. And straight away, I was just like, what's going on? I was and, like, you just... That's, you- the fun- that's one of the fundamentals we teach in the Peacekeeper course. Always get two witnesses and video them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as soon as they vineyard and their witnesses their behavior changes 100 so I, I was literally just like that and i kept pure calm about it i mean again i know it's hard for people especially if like yeah. um like philly for example who's um you know small lady yeah. she's almost 60 lives on her own middle of nowhere like it can be quite intimidating i guess that and that's what they do but if you yeah. just if you just like imagine a little white light force field around you and this is like i think one of the yeah. like the best ways to do just imagine a little white light force field around you and they can't breach yeah. that yeah. and just record everything, like just speak like totally civil stuff. Like that. And I just said, "What are you doing?" I said, "There's a sign in my window that says, any, okay. any trespassing, you'll be fined a hundred thousand pounds." Did you read that?" And he's like, uh, "And I was like, what's your name?" You give me his name. I was like, "Where'd you come? Where'd you work for?" I got it all on camera. And yeah. um, I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Um, are you uh, are you Andrew Roberts?" And they all spell my name wrong. And I'm like, "No, I'm not clearly." Um, yeah. And then he's um, he's like, "Well, can you tell there's a clamp on his vehicle?" And I was like, "Well, it's not. He doesn't own it." And then Incorrect. I, I still, I still, because uh, yeah. he's only the um, registered keeper. So the registered keeper is not the owner of the vehicle. Proof of ownership. So to be able to recover or um, seize any assets of somebody mm. of the debtor, that they have to own that property. So Correct. that's the first thing you need to do. Like all you yeah. need to do. So my wife owns a vehicle. Um, I told him all this on camera, and he still walked away and left the clamp on. Uh, yeah. So I write. Now you can directly sue him. Exactly. So, which is what I'm doing. So. Correct. Brilliant. I give him I give him all the all the opportunity to 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 take it off all day and he left it on all day um the company itself I sent them a legal uh, PDF letter explaining yeah. it all um and lo and behold like early hours in the morning they must have come because it was like before it seven o'clock it was just <laughs> clamp disappeared. disappeared or clamp just disappeared but what happens now is they send me automated um 
emails, even though yeah. I've, not, I've now gone back to them. I've sent them a, um, a notice. I've also requested where they, uh, I've given them 14 days to tell me where they've got all my data from, how they You're got correct. my People uh, need to start using the DSRs. How, how, they, how they got my data, exactly yeah. what data they've got, how it's been used. Yeah. Um, and I've given them 14 days to reply to that. Correct. I've also, also sent them an invoice for a thousand pounds for loss of earnings. Yeah. Not, not, not just me, but for my wife, because the car then blocked in the car behind it. Yeah. And this is all oh, on private sure. property. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, so this is just, you know, it's not trying to play the system. This is like, this is our rights. Exactly. You're standing up for your rights and yeah. basically using their rules and, and, Honestly, they, the rules of the game are fair and just. Mm -hmm. They really are. And the reason we know they're fair and just and everything is about breaching peace. Uh, the Sentencing Act 2020, so this is very current legislation. There's two obligations before you can be fined. The one is, can you afford it? What is your financial circumstances? Okay, so everybody's familiar with a, when they send you the thing, they send you a paper called a, a statement of means. What are your income? What is your outgoing? I.e., how much can you afford to pay mm. if you found guilty? So uh, now the fine can only be what you could afford. But what they do is they try and fine you. If, if I say I've only got 50 pounds, Okay, that's all they can find me. But what they're saying is, oh, no, that's 50 pounds a week. So we're going to make it times 20 weeks. We're going to find you a thousand pounds. That is unlawful. They mm -hmm. cannot do that for starters. Mm. Uh, second thing is they can't find you any more than what is set out in an act of parliament. But most interestingly, what they don't tell the courts. Now, the clerk of the court is the officer of the court. They should be directing the magistrates who are lay people, yous and me's, we can become magistrates. They are lay people who are not familiar with the laws and the rules. It's the officers of the court, the solicitors, barristers, and clerk, which must put the court with all relevant law in favor and dissent of both positions. And one of those is that the court must, from the evidence deduce that harm was caused harm was intended to be caused or harm was reasonably foreseeable to be caused. If they cannot show that, they cannot find you. Yeah. That there totally affirms everything comes back to a breach of pieces. Show me the evidence before you breach my piece of harm or intended harm. Yeah. Honestly. Then, yeah. So simple. Yeah. And, um, and in, re in the <clears throat> reality, going back to what you were saying earlier, like if you're just ignored and you're just ignored, like, if, like I, I've made contact with these this bailiff company. Yeah. But if they then choose to keep ignoring me, now they doing they dishonouring you. Yeah, so your piece trespassing upon you, therefore you can sue them. Exactly, which is what I'm doing. And if they don't, Correct. and if they don't pay, I can technically send the bailiff after them. And that's exactly what we need to start doing, and people are starting to do. Yeah, uh, so and listening, guys. Yeah, no. Once it hits them in their pocket, their behaviour will change. Yeah. It's all about risks and rewards. Mm -hmm. So most fines actually don't end up in court. They'll just directly get sent to the bailiffs. Uh, and 
when you ask for the correct paperwork, a bailiff cannot attend your property uh, unless they've got either for council tax the uh, liability order uh, and the warrant of possession or warrant of control. Um, so you, if you uh, wait until they come to the door, that's the first thing you ask them. If they cannot produce those documents, they cannot proceed. What was the sorry, what was the document again? The it's the order, the court order which affirms the debt. And does that does that need to have a wet signature from a judge on it? No, does no. It? Um, I mean, basically, wet signatures. It doesn't matter. Is What's okay? important? Equity is about substance and not form. Okay, so the substance is somebody's coming to your door claiming this piece of paper is something, you know, a warrant, for yeah. example. Okay. And uh, the substance is, I can verify that by going back to and tracing it back to the source. Uh, so I don't need a wet signature to find out who actually authorized this document. Mm. Um, but actually, with substance and form, it's probably important uh, for people to understand the difference. So with the speeding ticket, okay, so when people say, oh, my name is in capital letters or spelled wrong, or I'm not Mr. or I'm this, that or the other. Um, I, I don't live at this property or I, I reside here or whatever other word you want to use. Um, I don't, I wasn't driving a car. I was traveling in a conveyance or a yeah. horse carriage or this or that or the other. That's the form of law. What words are we using to define? something the substance is was your mind in control of your body which was in control of the thing traveling at that speed at that place at that time that's the substance <coughs> and equity is the highest form of law which is enforceable in the courts so as we learn to uh, move the court and force it to follow the rules of equity okay it's all about substance. Hence, you don't go in there, oh, this is my birth certificate, I'm representing them and all of this. What you're doing is you're pissing the judge off. And that's why most judges walk away, uh, walk out, because they don't want to lose their temper in the court. The way they manage their temper and their frustration is, oh, my God, I've got another one of these bloody idiots. And, you know, I've got to get out of here before I have a tantrum, uh, you know. So it's, it's uh, the path of least resistance, isn't it, in essence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, by uh, taking them on direct like that, and what you've just described, when you get it, read it. We said notice of intended prosecution. Some of them even say offer of fine. Yes, uh, I'll, I, yes, I, yeah. Thanks for the offer. Said, I will pay it. Correct. Thank you for your offer, but no, not interested. Is it the same as um, court summons? Summons is to invite you to court, isn't it? Yes, it's an invitation. Okay. Mm. So basically the way that it works, if you don't respond they to the, their correspondence, their claim in the private, then they need to take that to public dispute resolution because they feel they've been harmed. Mm. They believe that you owe them blah, blah. But because you've not paid, they actually feel harmed and they're taking that to court mm. and saying, you, you have harmed me and the two by not paying the fine for 500 quid or whatever. Mm. 
Now, in the courts, they'll issue you then a summons, which is inviting you into the public realm now to try and resolve this matter publicly, to return to the peace, the disputing parties. If you don't engage with the court, then society needs to return to peace. And basically, if you don't engage on the same principle, you've disrespected the court, you've disrespected the, the person who believes they have a right, and therefore you will get a default judgment against you, whether you like it mm. or not. And default judgments have the automatic right to appeal. So they even give you further opportunities mm. to settle the dispute. But it's all about honour and dishonour. So would you um, so would you re respond to that and say thank you for your offer, but I decline the offer um, to, to, uh, to no, invite? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, people should engage because if you don't engage, then they will give you a default judgment. Whatever mm. the, the person who's put in the complaint will get what they want if you don't resist. Basically, follow your conscience, which dictates right from wrong. As soon as somebody sees that you're doing a wrong, they must stand up and say, hey, prove what you're doing is right. That creates a cease and desist until you've proven the lawfulness of your belief, your claim. Which puts a kind of a, uh, a pause on the dispute until it's settled. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the dispute is, you, you, as soon as somebody questions your believed right, you must immediately cease that believed right and settle the dispute and prove your claim that your believed right yeah. is that. And, and from that, our point of view, that's that's where our our power is. Like, exactly. so put a cease and desist in until you exactly. can prove to me, like the electric, uh, the utility right. companies, until yeah. I'm withholding my payments. Exactly. Until you can, until you can prove to me that you're not a credit broker and they were actually supplying my gas and electric as per our direct debit agreement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And basically what this highlights is those who stand on their rights harm no one, and those who don't stand on their rights have none. And in essence, people will call this acquiescence or implied contract or implied consent, or they'll use lots of different words for this. But essentially it boils down, if you don't stand up for your rights, you don't put an opposing force to somebody's claim, hmm. uh, belief, uh, then they'll just continue. So it, honestly, really, when it all comes together, it really is quite simple uh, hmm. how it all works. One of the um, one of the questions I had was um, because, and you touched on earlier, um, a lot of people are learning about all this stuff, but yeah. people are still as much as uh, uh, you know. And I, I, I like being the observer, and what I'm observing is. A lot of people are like, wow, this is like really interesting. Um, you've seen, you know, all these success stories and stuff like that. But the more people are learning about, you know, the the whole straw man thing um, yeah. and the whole C, C, is it CQV or CVQ? Trust? Yeah. yeah, trust fund. People's eyes light up because they're like, well, oh, technically a millionaire. How do I get my money? Like, and it's it, the yeah. whole instantly people switch to that. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire, yeah. and picture a big house, car, stuff like that. But that is not what it's about. And That's I, I, keep, trying to, I keep trying about. to explain to people, like, it's great yeah. that you're, we're learning all this stuff, but yeah. it shouldn't be a priority. For me personally, right now, the priority is getting rid of these criminals, getting rid of like saving yeah. the saving the children, yeah. stopping our kids and our elderly and stuff like being inoculated yeah. with even more and like, toxins and harmed. Like yeah. for me, that's a priority. Absolutely. Um, like right. my getting hundred quid back on my electricity bill or stop it is not the priority. Although yeah. it's it's 
it's the process which is the priority it's the process of yeah. learning about standing in your power and yeah. being collective as one humankind um Absolutely. And, and, and taking all this back which is which yeah. is which is ours like that's the priority yeah. um but with the, the with the fund the trust fund things is yeah. um you know is, is there stuff going on in the backgrounds which releases all this kind of stuff like because right. if, if, if we are having equal then yeah. like would the work would the world would the wealth be spread equally yeah yeah i mean basically uh, okay what is what is money basically money is only what confidence people have in its value yeah okay? it's an it's illusion really isn't trick. It? it's an illusion exactly yeah. so you know if you look at what happened um in the weimar republic in germany they printed loads of notes, so you had to get wheelbarrows to go and buy your loaf of bread. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, suitcases and stuff like that. But yeah. in, in, America, in America, shortly after, what did they do? FDR, the, the New Deal, mm. printed loads of money. Mm. No inflation, Germany, hyperinflation. But if you look at how they responded in the 2007 uh, financial crisis, in America, you had helicopter men just tossing the money out, the old helicopter. And Germany saying no, uh, you know, uh, austerity. That's because austerity in Germany, they have the recollection in the consciousness, okay, that print money equals hyperinflation equals wheelbarrows of money to go and buy a loaf of bread. Therefore, we're not going down that route. It happened to us before, mm. you know, three generations ago. Whereas America are, well, we printed loads of money got us out the crap last time it'll probably get us out the crap this time <laughs> yeah they did that all right so so that there and and in japan after that collapsed in the late 80s okay they printed more money there and still got zero inflation they were trying to reinflate the economy it doesn't work so this straight line belief system in the west that we have cause and res, uh, effect uh, isn't true so the inflation is not related to the money printing. Mm. Uh, and therefore, it can only be confidence. And like you said, confidence is an illusion. Yeah. It's a trick. It's a magic trick. Yeah. We'll, look, we'll look at the control uh, uh, that money has on people. And then obviously, um, yeah. um, this is why we live in a world full of, uh, it's not so much, um, obviously, in places like Africa and you know, like a lot of other places, mm. that, uh, and you know, places in the Middle East, South America. Yeah. But like, it's always the same countries, isn't it? That are involved in all this stuff, like you know, yes, the, yeah. the, the big ones. Um, and it just get money is just created class, greed, ego, oh, wow. status, and stuff like that. So you know, by the use of mobile phones and social media and all the rest of it, yeah. people then look at all these people, uh, like Andrew Tate, for example. You know, yeah. he's like this multi-millionaire, but you know, full of ego. He, he says that how it is. Don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of stuff he mm. says is great. But then a lot of those young people are like, I need to aspire to be like that. I need, I need to have this body. I need to have all this money. I need to have this Bugatti Veyron. But the yeah. reality is, like, I've met, and I'm sure you have, like, and you hear it all the time, tons of people that have all this wealth are just so unhappy. They intoxicate their bodies. They destroy yeah. themselves. They die early. You know, and, like, what's left at the end? You know, yeah, yeah, people, people fighting over their money. And yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, the kids fighting over their and, and, the, and, then, and then the government take half of it anyway in tax. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a massive so, illusion, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's a massive yeah. illusion. And therefore, going back to the Sesta KV Trust, okay, 
fundamentally, again, people misunderstand what it's about. You've got to go back and understand the history. I hated history at school, and I've learned more about history since yeah, in the same, last yeah. three, four years. Yeah. Because you need to understand the context yeah. of, for instance, the Sester KV Trust. Yeah. So basically, you you know, in London, you had uh, these houses that all burnt down. Not all the owners were living there because some of the owners were overseas fighting for the realm and fighting for the empire and all of this nonsense. And, you know, <clears throat> and, and so when it came to rebuild London, if it's my property and I can prove my claim, I will rebuild my property. So imagine for argument's sake, for simplicity, 50% of the people in London owned their property and therefore rebuilt it. 50% were overseas and so what happened was you've got one nice house that's been rebuilt one pile of ashes one nice house that's been rebuilt one pile of ashes mm. and the question becomes and um, you know why should i be living next to a pile of ashes where yeah. there's loads of rats and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. this stuff so what they did was the sester kv act 1666 was if you were living overseas, you were given a reasonable amount of time when the act came in that your family or friends, maybe somebody says, oh, yeah, hang on, you know, uh, Mark owns a property over there. Let me go and let him know that he's got to claim his land. Otherwise, it'll revert to the state and get redistributed to somebody that's more needy. Because if you can't even claim your land, if you can't look after your own affairs, it reverts to the state. That then gets redistributed to somebody that's more needy than you. You obviously mm. don't need it if you can't even be bothered to do anything with it. Mm. Yeah. That's, and so essentially, you've abandoned your property. So think of it like, if I don't want a car anymore, I can plunk it on the side of the road and say, free to anybody that wants this as is. I've abandoned my property, as opposed to if I drop my wallet. If I drop my wallet, it's still mine, whereas if I say, help yourselves, it's somebody else's. Mm. So in essence, you've abandoned your property and, and you've been given seven years to claim your property back. If after seven years, you know, you come back and you, you hadn't heard about what's been going on in London, you know, for a decade. You come back after 10 years and you see, oh, my God, this is my land. Somebody else is living in it. now. So you need to prove life. You need to then go to the court to prove you are who you are. And because society took that property and gave it to somebody else, they will compensate you. Mm. That's what the SESTA KV Act says. Yeah, so that's where obviously the, where the birth certificate thing comes in and how like Correct. you as an individual since the day you've been born, like yeah. your fictitious yeah. version of you has been yeah. traded on uh, across stock markets and stuff well, like that. Well, I still don't see evidence of trading beyond. Um, what they do is if you if when somebody's born, you can project their revenue stream over their life. Hmm. And so I don't know if you're familiar with business, but when money's tight, basically business in businesses, they what they do what's called factoring. 
they'll factor out their invoice book. They'll sell their invoice book at a discount for cash today. So what the government is doing is saying, okay, I've got this future very high probability revenue stream through taxes when somebody's born. I take that re revenue stream and sell it on the market to the highest bidder. And then as I collect the taxes, I pay back uh, that money. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, I, I just don't see how there can be billions in this pot of gold. Mm. Okay, And some people say, oh, your weight in gold is in your Sesta KV trust. Mm. Well, where the hell did all this gold come from for 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet? Mm. I mean, uh, people have said it comes from, the, from I've been told it was originally come from the, the Vatican. Um, again, yeah. can we prove it? Um, can, yeah. can we unlock these uh, things? I mean, is that all part of uh, the, the, these funds collapsing if a new financial system comes in, for example? You know, how does that all work? I, I think everything's moving more to the truth, okay? Mm. And, and the truth of it is, again, going back to what I said very early on, bring the creator into a court of law to give first-hand testimony that person A is entitled to more of the creations than person B. Mm. That means we are all entitled to an equal amount, okay? We are all entitled to a piece of land where we can follow our conscience and do what we feel is right for us mm -hmm. to provide for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So really, you need the birth certificate so you can divvy out the creator's creations. Mm. And you need the death certificate. You need to know who's alive. Mm. The question is, once you die, what happens with what the piece of land you have? Yeah. And that's what's led to the massive inequality that we face. Yeah. Because what they said was, well, when you die, it doesn't go back to society that made the rule that everybody gets the same. You can give it to your kids. And what that's allowed is the concentration of the wealth. And we face two problems at the moment. One is the massive, we need a massive redistribution of the wealth. It's the end game of monopoly. One person ends up with everything and everybody else uh, goes and plays something else. Um, it, and so we need to address this redistribution uh, of the benefits of the creator's creations. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just here. It's worldwide, isn't it? It's like, worldwide. I go to Sierra Leone and, you know, and uh, yeah. obviously I've been to places in the Middle East and it's like, people you know these beautiful human beings should not be living in poverty and it's all been created by design for transfer of wealth uh, and, he, and obviously that was the whole point of covid was for them was a bigger transfer of wealth because that's all because it's been it's isn't the it? biggest transfer of wealth we've seen in the history of humanity i mean yeah. it's just unbelievable yeah at but, the expense of the people and their bodily autonomy correct and and that goes back then for instance to council tax if i have the right to live on a piece of land and grow my own food and look after myself, okay, what on earth makes you believe you, you can force me, you can enslave me, you can make me go out to work uh, to earn money which you want, um, and then if I don't do what you want, you're going to kick me off the land using violence? Mm. 
there's no lawfulness to it at all. No, that's, that's what it is. And uh, again, you know, under the under the disguise of COVID, like even the banks are starting to like gobble up properties and stuff like that. So they own them. It's just, uh, and, it's, and it's all right under everyone's noses, but it's because yeah. people are too busy being distracted, yeah. not paying attention to this stuff, listening to the news, watching Netflix, Disney Plus, and all the other pedo channels. And um, it's, it's just because, it's madness like but again that's all part of like you know that's a different podcast that's all part of the brain yeah. like... no, but in essence what will happen is when people are hungry or cold then uh th th then they'll have the motivation to do something whilst mm. they're comfortable you know mm. it's everybody needs to find their motivation but also on the flip side that, that's what the government want they want to make you hungry and cold so you then become dependent on them even further and like want more benefits well, got the it can go two ways mm. You become dependent on them or you say, I've had enough offense for myself. Mm. So if you're a homeless person, okay, and there's an empty property there, which nobody's using, why the hell shouldn't you go in and seek shelter from the environment? Mm -hmm. uh, if there's, you know, people have got hundreds of acres or thousands of acres of land, um, why don't you go on there and people will if they if they don't start to address this thing mm -hmm. eventually people will revolt and go and help themselves and take and essentially it comes down to if those with the wealth and the assets do not willingly redistribute uh human nature will take over they will have it taken from them yeah and I think the uh, the, the well, in a from a deeper spiritual level, the level of consciousness on this planet is rising exponentially. Yeah, People are massively well, waking up to all this, so like they're going to have no choice but to like play the game soon, aren't they? Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, I think the biggest mistake they did with COVID was think that uh, people, you know, sixty-seven million people. Say sixty-five million people are going to sit and watch Netflix twenty-four-seven and be happy locked down. Mm. Uh, don't work like that. Well, they've exposed what the life we don't want. That's what I've been saying to a lot of people recently. So Absolutely. we're seeing the collapse of all these like major industries, uh, like the NHS, which is on its ass anyway and just crushed oh. as hell. Um, you've got obviously the police, the military, um, communications. You've got uh, finance, finance. Everybody, look, it's all collapsing. Yeah, and I think by design, us as uh, us as human beings whose consciousness is raising on a daily basis is seeing what world we don't want to live in as a result exactly so and and, and we have to go through new. this yeah to know what we don't want sort of yeah. it's a pendulum it swings from one side to the other mm. if you don't experience that you uh you know the extremes then you can't know what yeah. you want or don't want you, yeah you must have the two extremes yeah you can't you can't see the nice bright light until you've seen the darkness exactly yeah and um, i'm just so optimistic honestly yes yeah. the next 10 years are just going to be amazing yeah on that absolutely <laughs> a yeah, lot of uh, turmoil yeah. but we're sorting all of these issues out yeah yeah and i said it i said it a lot recently guys i mean i know it's difficult sometimes for people to swallow their pride and stuff like that but i think the best thing a lot of people can do now is yeah get around people who really know what's going on and like and just keep connecting with you know all, all these people who know what the real picture is honestly the universe is just working magic like that the people that i've met over the last two years oh same yeah a total different class from the people i knew before 100 percent and very few of the people I knew before 
you know, are still in the circle. Yeah, yeah. And, and they'll stay in that like 3D reality for the rest of their life unless they actually look at, look outside that and go, yeah. I really don't like this world I'm in. I, you know, I'm I'm overweight. I'm just filling my body full of pharmaceuticals. The doctor said so. I can't yeah. afford my bills. Can't do this. Can't do that. Like that, you know, there's going to be a, cr- a tipping point where that person goes, I can't do this anymore. Like what, what's Absolutely. the alternative? Yeah. And and that's what I see. And you, you can't stop the existing system imploding. Mm. And what we've got to start doing is putting new alternatives in place. And uh, this has all resulted basically from the centralization of power and wealth. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we experiencing the real nastiness of, of that. And the tide is turning. And the reason we know the tide is turning, before the tide can turn, it needs to come all the way in or go out all the way, i.e. it needs to reach, and in human behavior, the extremes of absurdity of behavior. So if you look at like the transgender that's going on, um, the thoughts were expressed prior to we the people in the Declaration of uh, Independence in America or the uh, Constitution, whichever document starts, we the people. The detail wasn't sorted out. So the thought was correct. We the people, we're all equal under the law, nobody's above the law. But we've had to go through sorting out slaves, women's rights, uh, all of these different rights to the point of absurdity where now we, it's moved that far <clears throat> that it's, oh, I associate with, you know, I associate mm-hmm. as a dog today or whatever you want, okay? Um, now, that there's reached the absurdity beyond observation. Yeah. Okay? So it's reached its extreme absurdity. Either the tide has turned or is about, mm-hmm. but it's definitely about to turn. It can't get any more insane. Yeah, well, I think parents, even even no matter like what people have been through the last two years, people are now going like, why are drag queens in my kids' school like teaching my kids about you know how to touch yourself and all this exactly. kind of craziness? Like, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's almost it's almost like it's being pushed to the extreme on purpose to show people just how much of a mental world they want us to live in. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and so. With the COVID stuff in Scotland, when they opened the schools again uh, after the summer last year, the kids were going home, a bit of, um, what were they using, uh, Red Bull or whatever, chucked that on the old thing. Oh, miss, 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 I'm sick. Oh, okay, going to, you know, close everything down. And the oh, kids, yeah, are, yeah. we've got two weeks extra holiday, and yeah, then yeah. the next one did it. And the kids can see how absurd and stupid this is. Oh, loads of them are talking to me about it now. Like the team, I'm getting a lot because I, I coach football as well. Okay. Um, even even the guys, you know, that I coach and that, like loads of them have been asking me, like saying, like it was all bullshit, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, it's just yeah. like it's all compliance, you know. Uh, and he, uh, what I've been showing people really from a spiritual sense at a deeper level, the reason why they wanted everyone six feet apart with masks on is because yeah. when we're at high level yeah, consciousness. Yeah, so our highest, the high level of frequency and vibration when we're yeah. operating at that, it gives out this amazing energy field, which Absolutely. again, a lot of people don't really know about. Yeah. And, and that's why you feel that like, ooh, like, like yeah. nice, like feeling, the goosebumps, <laughs> this people's energy fields. Yeah. And like, if you if you then retract that or you, you create a distance between me and the next person and you yeah. put a mask on so they don't see your smile and yeah. your facial expression, 
everyone's just in this negative aura and that's yeah. where they wanted everybody and that's the deep level they went to and the thing is everyone complied with it and yeah. the worst thing is they all watched you doing it through cctv and all these shopping centers stuff that's all sat there watching all the compliance and yeah. so they're, they're they're gathering all this data on you all yeah. and like people just haven't have been blind to it yeah well i mean it's interesting okay uh, again i used to be a, a real conspiracy theorist and i've changed a lot of my views what many people don't realize is in 1918, 1919, in the Spanish flu, people were put into jail for not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, again, I think this is about learning lessons. I don't know of people that have been put into jail for not wearing a mask. They've only been fined. Mm. So, you know, again, it's this pendulum moving from one side to the other. But we've definitely not learned the lesson of 1918, 1919. Mm. And interesting, the lessons there, I mean, I'm sure you've heard about, they couldn't transmit from a sick person to a healthy person, including if they took all this. Yeah, there's out. over a thousand people, wasn't it? Because you uh, can't because you can't transfer. There's, there's no germ and no virus or disease. There's, there's nothing to transfer. Ever, there's ever transfer from one person Correct. to another. There's no evidence of it at all. Absolutely. And, and now with the FOIs that Christine Mass is doing over in Canada, you know, there is no evidence of RNA viruses even existing, let oh. alone being transmissible. Mike, Dr. Mike Eden, who I'm uh, going to have yeah. a chat with next week, um, he literally just come out, I think it was yesterday, and mm. actually said on a podcast, like, he's actually had to change all his learnings through virology. Yeah. After working with, alongside Dr. Andrew Kaufman, um, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dawn, um, Dawn Lesson and David Parker about okay. the, uh, who wrote that book, What Really Makes Us Ill. Uh, yes, a massive yes, thick book. Yes, uh, if you haven't seen the episode, guys, please go and watch it. Yeah. I'll just show you what really makes us ill. Yeah. And it's it's intoxication that makes us ill. Exactly. Electromagnetic frequency, uh, bad food, chemtrails, all this kind of stuff. Like yeah. it's And it comes out of our body in the form of cold snot mucus fevers stuff yeah. like that and, and the easy way to express it if if you don't drink an alcoholic drink and you go one night and you just go and knock them back what happens your body says this is crap and you either puke it out or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. your body will get rid of the toxins mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it's we are know. the best healer and we, we've been taught otherwise because I, because big pharma has told us like if you have a headache take aspirin but my and again I, i'm a product of this i've been this guinea pig right yeah. so i had a, a spinal surgery i was mm. on like constantly on like uh tramadols and uh all the rest all the rest of it yeah. and even like later on in life as soon as i had back problems like, oh i need to get those painkillers um yeah. but the reality is i like, break it down to a headache like we mm. we our body is not deficient aspirin so what makes you think that an aspirin is going to cure your headache yeah so uh, and, I, I know we're off topic, I know we're off topic a little bit with like obviously the common law stuff, but it's just yeah, again no, this is all part of the understanding. Exactly, it's the power of the mind. What you've just described there, mm. and and this is what it comes back to. And pulling back what we've just talked about these things now, this is the mind. Okay, everything's in your mind. Your your belief, what you believe, you will create. And when you do that, once you know, you create this aura the energy field around you. So when in lockdown one, I tried to get a COVID fine. Uh, in Houston Station, there were a dozen police and six ticket collectors and maybe 20 passengers, that's it. 
I walked without the mask, with the ticket in my hand, and walked past all of them, blinked an eyelid. It's not like I got written on my forehead, you know, don't touch this one, you know, don't yeah. mess with them, anything like that. What happens is you walk into that energy field, their energy field, you said about six feet. What you're doing is you're sucking away their mask. Your energy is removing their mask and exposing their fear. Mm -hmm. And literally, it's as if you become invisible. You're yeah. not within their psychology anymore. Yeah. Dolores Cahill does this amazing. I, I, I had a one-to-one -one chat with her. And I was mm -hmm. asking about like, you know, how she travels around because she's obviously had all these warrants out yeah. for her and all this stuff. And she was saying she literally concentrates on her energy field and she she'll give she'll give her passport to the person and literally she's already created the fact that like they're, they're just gonna let yes. her through. And she says they literally take a passport, they look away, like yeah, that, and then they give her a passport. It's mad. Uh, yeah, and and but this goes back to once we know what we are. As human beings, and we remember who we, and we remember who we are. Correct, and and that there creates the energy which creates the change. Mm. Uh, and literally, you know, it's a everything in nature is a natural distribution curve. Ten percent, ten percent. The eighty percent in the middle, you don't need to worry about. They'll flop this way or that way. If they see this side is better or more benefit to them, they'll go this way. If they see this side, they'll just go that way. And so it doesn't take massive numbers. Uh, and, you know, people even say that the square root of 1%, that means 8,000 people can change the world. Mm. Uh, but it's about having the knowledge. Knowledge gives you confidence. And then when you see people acting, that gives you courage. Mm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, it's just amazing. Mm. The internet is the printing press on steroids. There was a massive uh, filtration of knowledge down uh, into society with the start of the, uh, the advent of the printing press. That led to all the revolutions in Europe and that. No longer was the divine right of kings acceptable. Now with the internet, all of this knowledge filters down to every person on the planet. Mm. Okay. And I'd guess over half of the global population actually already has access to the knowledge. Uh, and so this is printing press on steroids. What's coming, uh, even what's happened in the last five years, mm. even what has happened in the last year, this is what exponential change looks like. Mm -hmm. Things are moving so fast you can't keep up. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the next 10 years, I'm just so looking forward to it. It's yeah, just, um, yeah wow. same, same. And, I, and you know, I, I genuinely want people to come and enjoy the ride and get on this train because it's going to a magical place. But again, you've got to um, just be open-minded and acceptive and just connect with loads of people who are yeah. under, of understanding of all this. And and, yeah. and on that note, where obviously would people be able to go to learn more about the peacekeepers and yeah. like what they can learn? Yeah, okay. I mean, basically, the Peacekeepers is about uh, learning your own power, learning what you are, and teaching you how it should be protected in the existing system. And you're coming then from a, a, a position of power. But power, uh, uh, power, when I use the word power, you hear people saying knowledge is power. What's missing is 
it's actually the application of knowledge is power. That's wisdom. So the so when we apply it, you first need it. And then, uh, so the first part of the course is designed, it's a free online course. Uh, it's peacekeepers.org.uk. And we only want your first half of your postcode, literally uh, whatever name you want to be called by and an email address, that's all we need because pe there's so many people on it now that they want to start meeting up at local groups and stuff like that. So we're going to just basically the first half of the email be able to put people in touch with one another. Mm -hmm. The second part of the course is actually directly dealing specifically at the time it was designed around the protests, how to deal with police. Okay. So essentially, if you, as soon as the police have your name and address, they cannot lay a finger on you, okay? The reason for that is um, the courts determine guilt and not the police. So literally, as soon as you've given the police your name and address and you've not given them reasonable belief or reasonable excuse to believe you're not being honest with them, i.e. if you've got your driving license with, here, here's my name and address, literally, you can turn around to them saying, now get out of my face. Lay your claim in the courts and I'll respond accordingly. And if you don't get out of my face, I will sue you for harassment. Mm. So literally it teaches you how then to use the knowledge uh, to empower yourself. And literally you have a mirror now. They're sending their negativity to you and your knowledge is saying, here you go, my friend. Here it's back with interest. I'll sue you as well. Mm. Okay. So it's about empowering people. And the same principle applies with any claim. It makes no difference if it's the police, the council, the water, the this, that, the other. Mm. Uh, and then the third uh, part is really about uh, helping other people. So organizing yourself into groups or working in threes. Uh, because the one of the biggest problems we face is turning a blind eye. We see a wrong. We feel it's wrong. We know it's wrong. And we just basically turn a blind eye and walk across the road where there's a homeless person instead of tackling the problem. So that's the Peacekeeper course itself, really what it's about. Then it's got an add-on module for notices because you need to create the evidence when you want to move things into the court. Uh, and that's basically you get your bill, you get your reminder, you get your final warning, and that would take you to court. And so it explains how that process legally works. And hopefully over the next two weeks, we'll have a court auditor's course up. Uh, and the court auditor's course is basically because people are now starting to get the courage to do more and even go to the point of take, going to court and standing up for their rights. So basically the idea of the court auditor's course is if you yourself are going to court, it explains the due process of law, what should happen, and it's going to have a, a audit sheet so that anybody can walk into the public gallery of a court. So if you've got two friends and you want them to witness that the court is doing its job correctly, literally you get your two friends in there and it's a tick sheet where they fill in wherever things weren't carried out in the due process, uh, then we have the evidence to start holding court officials to account mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then, uh, so that there's all free online. And then we're going to start to try and arrange workshops in, in the Milton Keynes area, which is relatively central. Mm. Uh, there's a great facility there, which Paul's uh, making available. Um, we're literally, we can get like-minded people to come together regularly to share experience because already we run a weekly Zoom meeting and we've had different outcomes in the court so far with the council tax stuff from adjournments to basically judges, magistrates refusing to give their names and just issuing liability orders. But it's the sharing of this experience because this now takes it way beyond just my theory or my mm. course. This is actual people who are now feeding back and that there's allowing us to modify and update what's in the course. So yeah, it's a absolutely. self-reinforcing loop. Yeah, yeah. That's so, the, that's the, and that's the that's the beauty of being the observer, isn't it? It's absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Taking, I've I've been the exact same thing. You know, I've been to like the PHA meetings, the BCA meetings, yeah. like well, I've just been an observer of how all these uh, organisations work and how they benefit the people. Yeah. Uh, and then showcasing it. But hence why obviously we're doing this podcast today. Yeah. Um. That, mate, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, You're welcome. It's been, been a, it's been absolutely amazing. Like, and um, you know, I'm sure people are going to have even more questions. So I encourage anybody to go to the Peacekeepers website, um, yeah. do the free courses that are there, and just understand your rights. You know, it's a phenomenal thing you guys are doing, and it's you know, people are standing up around the country now, and I'm seeing it on a daily basis people being empowered. It's fantastic. Uh, and yeah. you know, it, again, if you if you do have any experience in any of these situations, like if you've had the bailiffs around, if you've had you know mm -hmm. dealt with police, all this kind of stuff, share your experience, document Absolutely. everything. Um, yeah. You know, it's the best thing you could do because you're not only are you um, fortifying your own you know rights, but you're uh, you know empowering others, uh, and it, it's so important. And basically, if, if I mean, literally, if you stand up on your rights, you will affect 10 people. Mm, 100%. Yeah, and and yeah. when people start to, to know that, oh, hang on, there's an alternative. Mm. Oh, my God, somebody's standing up for the neighbor. Mm. That'll encourage you to do something as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I did the same in my video. Like, when I dealt with the bailiffs, I, did a, I documented it, did a, ba a video yeah. about it. Uh, and since then, I've had to actually change my phone number because uh, <laughs> I've been getting hounded. So people, people just want into that, um, like wanting all the answers. But what it's done is that's just proof in the pudding. It's empowered like so many people to absolutely want to learn more. Yeah. Um, guys and girls, I hope you've enjoyed today's very informative episode. Um, it's been fantastic. I've got loads of notes, uh, loads of things that I'm going to be able to pass on to people. Um, but I want to thank you, Mark, for taking the time out of your fantastic. busy schedule. Thank I know you. how much you love helping people and uh, and and seeing that you know the people take back their power, which is so important. Because that's lovely, ladies and gents. I'm sure you'd agree they've spent decades trying to take that from us. Yeah. Um, now is our time. We are the people, absolutely. And that is the message from me and Mark. You take care of yourself. Stand Thanks up to your you rights, and I'll see you very soon once again on the AJ Roberts Show. <laughs>